Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hey everybody, Stefan here. This episode is sponsored by the great folks over at Box Mountain. Box Mountain is a subscription box service that has my favorite sub box yet, the Cryptid Crate. You see, Josh got one of these for his birthday, and I was super jealous because it was packed full of merchandise pertaining to cryptids. The box he received first was all about the Flatwoods Monster, which of course is one of our favorites. And it had a t-shirt, a book, a patch, mug, and some awesome stickers. So I checked out the price to get one for myself, and let me tell you, it is well worth the value. These make excellent gifts for yourself or even friends that are cryptid lovers as well. Now, if you use the coupon code FEARSCAPE, you will get 25% off the first month for any new subscription or 10% off individual purchases. So go ahead and head on over to FearscapePodcast.com slash CryptidCrate now and get yourself one today. heard us talk about all the amazing books we've been able to listen to on audible everything from fiction to sci-fi to true crime and more audible is the leader in the audiobook industry with a library of over 200,000 audiobooks start listening now by going to fearscapepodcast.com slash audible thank you for tuning in to another episode of fearscape paranormal podcast Happy that you're able to join us as we continue to explore and try to understand the strange phenomenon that seems to exist all over the world. Stefan and I are on a journey and we share that journey with you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another enlightening, frightening, heightening episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, joined as always by my other host, the man with no shame, the man with three names, Joshua Abraham Rutledge. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. Did you know that your initials uh, make the word jar? Uh, no, you know, I'm, I'm 40, almost 43 years old, and that never dawned on me. Hey, that's what I'm here for, man. You know, <laughs> that is what I'm here for. Um, I can't tell you. So my wife and I have been uh, talking about having a kid now for a little bit. We've been, you know, now we've been married a few years. Um, but one of the things whenever we talk about possible baby names, boy or girl, the first thing either of us does is we check them initials. <laughs> <laughs> there was one and it was chug and i was like no that's not gonna work no yeah, you can't see, be chug not with all the alcoholics i have in mind in what's my family what's sarah's middle name elizabeth so seg yep yep and i'm smug 
Unless you yeah. uh, use my uh, Christian... Uh, Your Catholic name. My Catholic... Uh, oh, my God. My confirmation name. Boy, that's been a long time. Isaiah. Then it's Smig. Oh, you're the you're the dragon guy from uh, from Lord of the Rings. Yep. And if I if my middle name was Thomas instead of Michael, I'd be the Stig from uh, uh, what's that show? The yeah, car show. What the hell is the name of that show? I don't know. I can only think of the one that's on Amazon that has the, the same three people in it. The, oh yeah, the new version. Uh, yeah. Cause they they all quit the, that one. But yeah, right. you know what I mean. It's yeah. Like, it's one of the few reality shows I like. I don't even. I'm not even a car guy, but I really enjoyed that. Top show. Gear. Top Gear. Uh, not the American one. The American ones. I don't know. I like the American one. You oh, would. You. Well, I like, you I lo- blue, <laughs> red and white blooded bastard. You would. <laughs> well, hey, you got so you got to hear me out. <laughs> My last name is Rutledge. There's a guy in it called is, Rutledge. His name is Rutledge. This you know? is I mean, true. There's Tanner Faust, which is one of the freaking awesome, best time like professional car drivers. And then what's his face uh, from you know uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that guy. You know the wreck. They called him the wrecker in the show. So, but I mean, but I mean, that's what they called did, me in high school too. It did get rather predictable. You know, yeah. like oh, this episode they're going to do a cross country challenge. Oh, this episode <laughs> they're going to do a cross country challenge. You know? <laughs> this episode, yeah. No, I like yeah. Anyways, boy, that's way off topic. Um, <laughs> so we haven't even discussed what we're going to be talking about during this show. Um, but this show, we've got a really great guest. Uh, hopefully, you guys already saw kind of the marketing for this already. But we have Mr. Olaf Phillips, author publisher conspiracist is that better than conspiracy theorist because i think he creates conspiracies that's what they do no i'm just joking um and he's man one of the reasons i'm excited to talk to him about it man loves the secret space program just like we do and talking about it um and uh he's just and and he's the you know he's both these one like he he is who we have to think for alan greenfield's books i was gonna say he is the publisher there of alan greenfield's books and uh he also uh he has a ton of files collected in his anomalies network archive that we're going to be talking about i mean this man is yeah it's going to be a fantastic discussion yeah so you'll definitely want to stick around for that um but let's go ahead and get to our segment so we can knock them puppies out straight in the face uh the first one that we've got for today of course is the psychic word of the week and now the psychic word of the week Psychic Word of the Week, as usual, comes from this encyclopedic psychic dictionary from June G. Bletzer, PhD, rest in peace, honey buns. Uh, we, you, as we usually do, we flip through the pages, uh, but this time before I flipped, Josh said, go to page 321. Uh, I was actually in the middle ish of the alphabet instead of a or b as usual (laughs) 321 uh and uh the first thing that i see is intergalactic ufos (laughs) so very uh pertinent to uh what is today's discussion uh intergalactic ufos uh it says here theory an intelligence from another planet 
or from space can adjust his or her vibrational frequency to visit our system of stars at a distance, this would be recognized as a star. Huh. So my mind just got blown. (laughs) This harkens back to our um, Capella, our very first joint experience if you will with capella yeah because that's what that says right it, it could appear mm-hmm. as a star capella we saw moving around well we, and we, how many um uaps do we see that are not starlink that are not satellites yeah. they're not planes they're not helicopters right they look like a star moving in the sky here we go now we have a name for it intergalactic ufo uh in the parentheses there you know it says also see ether ship if you'll recall we've covered ether ship before yeah uh, on that so well and, it, and it's really interesting too because um that's one of my early on in our kind of journey theories was do these things some some hor- somehow use like their their minds to project themselves to travel as opposed to i think we even talked about it in our um uh, uh, what's it called on YouTube? The first program Astral, we did. Oh, no, uh, Fairscape Unhinged. Unhinged. We talked about the intergalactic uh, psychic highway. Is you oh, know, yeah. can you project your consciousness across space and time to be somewhere else? And that's why the laws of physics don't apply to you because right. you're not physically there. Well, it almost sounds like intergalactic UFOs is projecting the ship's consciousness, so to speak, almost, because it's an entire ship being projected, uh, or, essentially. Or it could be just be yourself. I mean, UFO is an unidentified flying object. It doesn't necessarily imply a ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could just be all those light beings that we see that we can't quite grasp. Well, it, this, sir, is an iGoofo. It's an intergalactic UFO. UFO. Oh, I see. I goofo. I goofo. It also sounds like, I don't know, like, never mind. I don't even know what it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) I goofo. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I'm drunk on, uh, what do I got Uh, here? Dr. Pepper Cherry Zero Sugar, not a sponsor. Um, (laughs) Anyways, yeah. So intergalactic UFO, uh, again, from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary, Junji Bletzer. What a pleasure. It's always interesting. And like yep. I said, had no idea. And here we are, got a UFO guy coming on, getting to talk about that. And it fills in some blanks. I love this book. I love it. So anyways, let's get moving on because I got somebody hairy, squirrely, and hoofy underneath my desk pushing me to get to their segment. I'm not saying it's my segment. I'm just saying I just want y'all to get to it. I'm getting to it. What? Why is he under your desk? Because he's hiding from my dog. He's nervous. He gets nervous around my dog. I'm like, my dog is nothing but squish and gums. Like, he's not. Yeah, I I call him anything. But like, you know, Jersey Devil's part horse. And he heard that dog Uh, food is like made from horse. I told him that's a myth. Like, it's just whatever. I'm I'm just going to stay. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to stay. Just leave that damn dog out of my way. Thank you. Thank you. Shut up. Okay. So anyways, (laughs) cryptid of the week. It's the Jersey Devil. Hope y'all are ready to meet some of my friends. Cryptid of the Week. 
All right, so Cryptid of the Week, uh, we are visiting and taking a look at one of the Jersey Devil's friends here. Uh, he is he is kicking me and he's mouthing because he's not allowed to talk that this person, this, this one is not one of his friends, uh, but he does know him from some circles. Uh, the cryptid that we have this week is called a Janglot. Um, and it may be pronounced Janglot. I'm not 100%, um, but it is a type of ghoul or jinn in Indonesian culture and mythology. It's described as looking much like a tiny living human doll, which in and itself is already freaking creepy. Um, it is so usually... It's like like a robert the doll situation here no not even robert the doll man if it, it feels like um like those little creepy uh oh what's that movie Ter- trilogy of terror or like um don't don't go downstairs or whatever that movie is there's these tiny little just little or like puppet master kind of like <laughs> like oh, that's okay. what i'm feeling here these tiny living human dolls because i feel like these are smaller than robert the doll uh, but anyways it says it's usually uh depicted as a mythical creature sometimes seen in cryptozoology and occasionally purported to have actually been a human body its appearance also resembles the medusa of greek mythology and uh, the drawn picture as well as this uh supposed jenglot carcass are both <laughs> Freaky dude, you do not want to find this in your pantry. That's what I'm saying. Um, but Jengla is believed to be found in Indonesia. They are mostly found by natives after they have performed a supernatural ceremony. Um, they are said to be found under the ground or on a wrecked house roof or even in the trunk of a huge tree. Um, there are apparently in Indonesia Jenglet keepers who feed their creatures with blood either animal blood or human blood and those who feed the creature with human blood blood tend to buy it legally from the indonesian red cross um the person has to then place the jenglot near the blood but the jenglot doesn't even move or touch the blood it is said that the jenglot will get the nutrients of the blood in their own way there's no uh, definition of how uh, mm. some say that the jenglot comes alive and then consumes the blood when it is alone um and last year i just wanted to say that according to indonesian legend jenglot was an ascetic man or excuse me was an ascetic who wanted to learn the ilmu bathara karang or the way to eternal life it is also said he was a hermit whose worship of demons was to gain a certain power and ability and they say that if a person with great supernatural power meditates in a certain cave they will become a jinglat hmm. so very very interesting and apparently there are tons of people all over indonesia that claim to have carcasses and have these exhibits to this day um that were from private collections and all sorts of things like that so this janglot is very creepy dude <laughs> i'm gonna yeah, send that, you personally that, I mean, a picture it's so like you know if it if it if it drinks or or somehow consumes the blood when it's by itself i mean i guess they set out a pail of blood walk away come back it's gone yeah the assumption, I, the assumption is that the jenglet consumed it yeah yeah uh, okay uh, uh, and it almost seems like no one ever sees it move you know like it yeah. is legit it's like oh you, oh you got a shrunken human that's neat <laughs> no no no, man i got a jenglet you you don't want to know this was not taxidermy from hannibal lecter okay this is <laughs> legit he will get you when you aren't looking 
<laughs> like I don't I don't even want to kind of poke fun at it because I don't want to have one show up in my bedroom tonight. You know what I'm saying? I just. Well, that's what I was saying. He's stoic. He just sits there. He sits there. You buy him shot after shot, and he won't drink it till you look the other way. And I got eyes like that pointing all sorts of different directions, and it's just mm-mm. What's well, like? Like Kristen uh, is is terrified of um, of dummies. Like you know the the uh, what's it called when you stick your hand in his back? Uh, ventriloquist dummies. Like she's she hates them. So it's like what's that character on Batman uh, in bat in the comp? You know the the guy like the bad guy is the is the dummy. Oh yeah, the ventriloquist. Yeah. Yeah, Scarface so like, is the um, yeah is the puppet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. She can't even like I was watching the animated series one night and that came out. She's like, no, so <laughs> nope. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's our cryptid of the week. Uh, Janglot, uh, J-E-N-G-L-O-T. Check it out. And uh, let's get moving to our UAP sighting of the week. All right, man. Uh, UAP sighting of the week. Uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. UFO sighting of the week. What do we got this week, Josh? Yeah, so so this was recently posted uh, on MUFON, but it is uh, it actually took place back in 1976. So if anybody uh, listening happens to uh, have more details on this, I'd love to hear more, more about it. In 1976, at Fort Hood, we saw a large orange fireball traveled 10 foot above four-story buildings being chased by jets on the base. The flaming orange ball was about 50 foot in diameter and seemed to be on fire, so we could not see what was on fire. It moved east to west over the base and seemed to be cruising along ahead of two F-105 jets trying to catch up. It made a whooshing sound after it went by. We got really scared and thought the Russians were dropping a bomb on us. But a telepathic voice told us, don't be afraid, we come in peace. I was then not afraid anymore and just watched it move over the base and out of sight. It was about 30 degrees in elevation and seemed to be playing with the jets chasing it. The two jets came so low we could see the pilots and hear the screaming of the jet engines. All the electricity went out at the base and did not go back on until 2 a.m. in the morning. Each power station on the base had gone out and had to be restarted. The next day, the newspaper said a meteor had come low over the base. They did not mention the jets or the power going out on the base. The F-105 was the same jet used in Vietnam and capable of Mach 2. This happened when I was 21 and I spent 30 years in service. Wow. That's so that's awesome to see this thing and then have a voice in your head that says, Don't be afraid mm-hmm. because I mean, man. I just I I don't know. That it, it gives it an extra level of creep factor. Yeah. Um but also just the thing that the thing that just I have to continuously remind myself is that all the stuff that we're experiencing has been going on for hundreds if not thousands of years yeah for sure like this is not new 
the coverage is new, mm-hmm. but the phenomena has been around for thousands of years. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, just uh, had different names for it. Yeah, exactly. You know, gods. <laughs> that's, that's a good name. Yeah, well, or you know, all the all the angels, angels. Uh, especially you know. look at like the description of an angel in the Old Testament. Right. Tell me that ain't a UFO. <laughs> I mean, the whole you know the whole idea of of angels, you know, you know having offspring with you know, humans, yeah, and the, the nephilim, nephilim, and all that kind of stuff. That sounds very much like today's hybrids. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So. I don't know. Crazy stuff, man. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, Well, anyways, Josh, it's time to get to uh, our interview with Mr. Phillips. So we're going to go ahead and move to that here right after we have a very quick, short ad break. So please stick around after the ad break and uh, you'll get to hang out with us and Olaf Phillips. Be right back. Hey, everyone. Josh here. Do you feel like mainstream options for things such as yoga, meditation, or documentaries and films meant to expand your mind are lacking? Have you heard of Gaia? Gaia is the largest resource of consciousness-expanding videos. Both Stefan and I have watched several of the series, documentaries, and films available on topics such as the Secret Space Program, Channeling Interdimensional Beings, and Alien Encounters. We're just now exploring the over 8,000 films, shows, and classes available to stream on your favorite devices. To get your 10-day free trial of Gaia, go to fearscapepodcast.com slash Gaia offer. Again, that's fearscapepodcast.com slash G-A-I-A offer. Good evening, dear friends. I am your headmister, Stefan Gearhart. And I am your co-mister, the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And we are the Misters of the Dark. Join us as we discuss everything from horror books, films, and even pretty princesses. Join us every other Tuesday in our dilapidated mansion. You never know what's going to happen next. Only on the Fearscape Media Network. <laughs> That's a good laugh. All right. Thank you guys so much for sticking around after the break. Like we said, we have the man, the uh, the, the legend himself, Mr. Olaf Phillips. Okay. <laughs> Howdy, sir. Thank you so much for joining us on Fearscape tonight, man. We're very excited to have you here. Oh, it's it's a pleasure. It's my, my honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. So um, I have to admit that um, I found you on facebook because i was looking at alan greenfield's new book the the from 1900 1700s to 2000s magic thing and i saw that the publisher and i was researching into that and i came across your name and um and so um uh, thank you for helping bring 
the stuff that's in Al Greenfield's mind uh, to the rest of us. <laughs> Are you sure you should be thinking? Well, <laughs> just, just, just so we're clear, that's uh, Alan motherfucking Greenfield. He's very clear hey, about that. motherfucking man. <laughs> Ain't that a fact? We've had him on our show twice he's now. A, and he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. He is. That is exactly. That is. We're from Kentucky, and that is about the best way we can describe him. Too. He's, he's a hoot. And, like, and actually, we hands down. We have a newer book uh, that I I just released for Alan uh, called The Grill Within. So you know, we have an even newer one. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, perfect. He's just a he's just a book writing full, isn't he? So I know. Well, he, the Grill Within actually it's interesting because he originally wrote that back in the nineties and. He made 93 copies of it, which are obviously... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he told us about that. Yeah, yeah, he made 93 copies and hand distributed it. Um, but we took a look at it and I was like, you know, you know, Alan, we really got to get this one out there. I mean, this is, it's kind of, it's a bit of a controversial subject, but you know, there, there's no good book about it. So we really need to release it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what, man, like, uh, I want to get a hold of all of his old UFO zines. I've been able to, I think I've collected maybe six or seven that I've been able to find online that people have digitized. Yeah. But good God, I would love to have a UFO cider, I think is what it is, right? Yeah, um, I found a bunch. Uh, I'm, I've, yeah. I'm talking to him about about doing that um yeah because we brought that up to him and he's like oh somebody's been researching me yeah. and i was like oh yeah. yeah i love these old ufo oh, zines from the 60s yeah. they're fantastic and so it got me collecting other ones as well but yeah I, I i used to work at this old job i'm not gonna say what it was but i color printed all of them nice. and then bound them and put them into a <laughs> folder so i've got all these zines like well, I'm gonna try i to, love it i'm gonna try to publish them that and he wrote a book back in the day called saucers and sorcerers yeah yeah so i have a copy of that so i'm working on getting that getting that done as well so wow. cool so freaking cool well we're here for it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> excellent so, um so just kind of changing gears just a little bit because as i started looking into like you know basically what is what is olaf all about right. um and uh, something that piqued my interest, and it's something that Stefan and I have spent a lot of time talking about, uh, and I wanted to kind of dive into it a little bit, is uh, your thoughts on the secret space program. <laughs> yes. So excited to see that. You have no idea how much we love yeah. the secret we, space we have, program. We have, spent, we have spent probably like... 20 or 20 plus hours over the course of this program and our YouTube program right. talking about the secret space program. So I'm sure you spent more than time. Than that, <laughs> probably. Oh yeah. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> oh, did I drop? Oh, okay. <laughs> nope. Nope. We got you. So, <clears throat> so one of the things that, that we have uh, theorized recently is that um, the space force that was recently announced, what back, a year and a half ago <laughs> sure um that that you know the the public announcements let's yeah, call it yeah. that is is just the public disinformation arm of the secret space program you know i my suspicion is especially since they they blatantly ripped off the star trek logo my suspicion mm-hmm. is that, that you're that it's a normalization thing to get the idea because the space force doesn't actually exist i mean it's not like it's a military branch all they did is rebrand, you know, Space Command and the Air Force, yeah. which has existed for, you know, a long time. 
but yeah, you know, I think it was a, an attempt to kind of normalize it and to start to say, okay, well, we have a bunch of people that are soldier astronauts, but I don't think it's, you know, I don't think you're going to see anything major coming out of it anytime soon. They're just going to well, launch more surveillance satellites and X-37B. I mean, one of the things that, yeah, yeah one of the agreed. things that I, that I saw um, <clears throat> for some of the UAP stuff that has been coming out, like the stuff that the Navy, you know, or the Pentagon officially claimed from the Navy stuff from 2004, right. is that the those, that those cra- yeah, that those craft are actually our craft and they've been operating for a long time. And that um, now that the space force is, is public, then this is an opportunity for like the report that's due out in what, like something like 90 days now or something um, that it's going to basically say, yep, some of these things are ours. We've been operating them and they're actually belong (laughs) to this new space force and everything. So, well, I I agree with you. And, you know, to kind of prove it, I, I go back to this interesting radio intercept that happened a few years ago. It was a MiG 29 pilot out on the Eastern frontier of Russia and the Air Defense Command had detected an inbound target that was traveling quite fast. And so they sent this poor guy up to go find it. These uh, these Russian radio operators had picked it up and recorded it. And basically, well, long story short is this guy is commanded to go after it. And so he goes after it and the thing starts climbing and accelerating. So he starts cl- climbing and accelerating. And he finally gets to a point where he tells the, his comrade colonel, which I thought was rather amusing. He tells the comrade, <laughs> you know, this is a couple of years ago, right? I thought that was all over with. Um, yeah. He tells the comrade colonel that he's at max max power. I mean, he's at max thrust. He's got the, you know, the engines 100% fully engaged and he yeah. can't catch this thing and it's out climbing him. And one of the interesting things about it was not so much that, I mean, anything with an aerospike could, could bag a MiG-29. The, the more interesting thing is what this object did. The object did not like go straight up in the air or do anything weird. It actually headed toward NATO, that it actually changed course and headed toward back mm-hmm. toward the border. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, and I, I'm a Occam's razor kind of guy. You have to mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself if this is a UFO, which a lot of people theorized it was at the time. Then why would it make for a NATO affiliate country? What's the point of that? If I'm an alien, I don't give a crap about NATO or the Warsaw Pact, right. or yeah. Russians or Americans or North Koreans or Cubans or you know Germans or anything else. I, I'm just going to do what I want to do. But th- yeah. this thing made straight for the for the frontier. So you know, <clears throat> same kind of thing. Ball of light, high speed you know, fairly high altitude at the time. I think he was at his ceiling and, you know, it does, it behaved a lot like, you know, these objects that the Navy reported. And there's a article I just read, um, about a, uh, about a cruiser, got a missile cruiser, um, that was getting buzzed by UFOs or UAPs or lights in the sky, whatever you want to call them. Right. It was getting heavily, heavily buzzed. So he, you know, they, they call up a couple of other cruisers that are in the general area. I think it was around Catalina somewhere. And uh, they saw them too. And they, they pulled out, I guess they're called Snoopy teams. That they're supposed to identify <laughs> these things. And they, yeah. they couldn't identify it. And actually, uh, they got on the radio with because they have something called AIS, which tells them what other ships are in the area. And they got on the horn to a Carnival Cruise Liner that was there as well. And the Carnival Cruise Liner's like, oh, yeah, we're watching a buzz you. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I think, you know, but it was very similar um, to what was described by the MiG-29 pilot. And, you know, I think I think what you're seeing is with the Tic Tac and these quote-unquote UAPs, what I think you're seeing is experimental aircraft or, you know, covert aircraft that are being tested. And they're testing them against, we're testing them against ourselves. Because, yeah. you know, if you do it against the Russians, they're going to fire a rocket at it, a missile at it. If you yeah. do it against, you know, an Aegis cruiser, they're, they're not going to try to shoot it down. Because you know, the rules of engagement are different. Right. right. Well, and, and that's where and that's where I think, you know, somebody would make the argument our military wouldn't test these things against active military without telling oh, them. Oh, they absolutely that, would. <laughs> that they would. Yeah, so. I, mean, I mean, my, you know, anybody who's in Southeast Asia, they march them through, uh, you know, Agent Orange fields. So I, I don't really buy that. The other thing that I think is interesting is that right now, you know, you have Luis Alizondo, he's launching a website and he's going to talk about UAPs and he's going to expose the truth. And then at the same time, we have Radcliffe coming out saying, okay, well, we're going to release this report and it's going to have UAP stuff all over it. You know, I just, I think it's a confluence of events that you can't deny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It makes me very suspect of Alessandro. I I think he seems like a really great guy. I think we could probably have a beer and have a really nice time. And he's a very pleasant dude, but I think the timing is a bit suspect. Yeah. We've been hearing a lot more (laughs) in that uh, along those lines as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the whole to the Stars Academy is starting to look that way. Well, I I mean, it's from from its. it's Oh, God. No, I was just going to say that's something that we've talked about even when. To the stars first came out the the when when the second season of what's it called stuff undisclosed is that did I get it right unidentified unidentified Unidentified, Unidentified. yeah I I was getting confused Um, but when the second season of that came out and they were going to all of these you know foreign locations and speaking to these people I'm thinking there's no way that they're meeting with these top military officials in these foreign locations without some backing (laughs) from the u.s government absolutely so absolutely so i mean it it really brought into suspect for me was was to the stars academy basically um a civilian front for u.s you know government disclosure well it's it's even simpler than that right that if you look at, at who he brought on board you know, it's filled with guys from SRI. You know, it's full of guys that are tied to Bigelow, who is who is a yeah. straight up DOD contractor. You know, guys from Lockheed. I mean, it, you know, it was a who's who of spooks. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't use that term lightly. You know, I don't think when I walk down the street, as paranoid as I am, I don't think everybody's listening to me. You right. know, or bugging my house <laughs> or anything like that. But these people, they were all tied to SRI. SRI stand for Research Institute. You know, they they are spooky way back. I mean, they worked on Ultra. You know, yeah. they they were. I mean, they've done all kinds of crazy stuff. Project Stargate, and you know, the whole remote viewing thing. Ingo Swan. You know, I mean, these yeah. guys are part and parcel DARPA, DOD consultant contractors. And Lockheed. I mean, do I really need to mention Lockheed? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and just Christopher Mellon too. Like oh, sure. That. It's all it's all of them. And and I you know, yeah. and it's kind of interesting. I think I think that they chose him very specifically, right? You know, and and he has a kind of rock star mentality. I think they probably came to him and said, Look, we're gonna feed some information through you and probably massaged his ego a little bit and made it happen. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, that's precisely why you don't see Tom DeLonge on the show as much as you thought you would. Right. Because it, in a way, almost discredits it because he's he's a legit rock star, you know. <laughs> but if you got these government guys, like, it kind of plays into that legitimacy. Yeah, but, I mean, they're, it's like the spook factory over there, you know. They, they're, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, they're all spooks. <laughs> I mean, short of, short of anything that, uh, you know, anything that... Uh, um, Bigelow's going to do, you know, this is only one step less spooky than Bigelow. <laughs> Bigelow's super, yeah. super spooky. I mean, that guy sold the yeah. entire MUFON database and its membership list. You know, he bought it off of MUFON and then turned around and handed it to DOD. That's wow. like super spooky. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good old MUFON. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I was well, a member. It, yeah, when did that happen? I was trying to think of my a, information has been exposed. It was a couple, a couple, <laughs> a couple <of> years ago. <laughs> okay, I'm only a recent member. So oh there well, go. there you go. <laughs> and and you know, I mean, MUFON, you know, it wants to do a good thing. I think it, you know, it really does. But the people that run it, it's just shocking. Some of the stuff that they've done over the last couple of years, it's just shocking. So. Mm. Well, and I, I saw I follow a a group on Facebook that's I guess an unofficial MUFON global group like it's not it's not a group put on by mufon but right. they call themselves you know mufon global sure and somebody posted in there uh, a few weeks back that they were actually closing the delaware uh mufon office because they were asked to do things that they didn't agree with but but then everybody was asked like well what do they ask you to do and they're like well we're not going to disclose that that's between us <laughs> and mufon like well well then why go on facebook and say all that stuff? <laughs> you're, well, you're not, well you know the best found. part yeah well the best part is that when mufon sold the database to to a bigelow that they sold it for a million bucks and it was financing this thing they called uh, had called the star team right and I guess I guess MUFON did not meet some part of the contract, so Bigelow dicked them on the other half million. That they they <laughs> yeah they didn't even get the whole million. I mean it's like guys, wow. if you're gonna sell me out, at least sell me out for the full cash, you know? Right, right, exactly. Right. Interesting. I, and I had not heard uh, that they sold the database. Oh, so yeah, they, I never did heard they, that either. Oh yeah. Did they did they sell like all the sightings and everything too, or? Yeah, like the sighting database. Yeah, the one that's so super secret that you can't access it, and when you do, they yeah. won't tell you who the people are, and it, it really cripples your ability to do research. Yeah, sold it. They sold yeah. it to Bigelow, and he gave yeah. it to the DoD. The DoD paid for it. Wow, <laughs> Bro, that's yeah. probably probably for, shit. Probably for that's more than shit. half a million dollars. So, oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, sure. and then you know, and then and then of course Bigelow, you know, did all that stuff with uh, Skinwalker Ranch, and then sold that uh, for uh, you know huge, huge bank towards the end, sure. um, and and all that, and everything that Big, everything that Bigelow did was covered under an NDA. I had a I had a conversation once with a well known now deceased ufologist, and he was trying to figure out how to get funding because he wanted to go after this crazy cave. Um, I think it's in the Czech Republic that, that he had heard about. And he was looking for fun. I said, so why don't you go talk to NIDS? You know, they, they have money coming out their butts. I mean, they can they can give you the money. And he was like, well, the problem with NIDS or anything with Bigelow is the minute you do anything, he slaps you with an NDA, so you can't say anything. And he takes yeah. all your research, mm. which is insane. Well, it makes me wonder, 
so you know we we've talked about the whole i don't know if you've watched that skinwalker ranch i love it uh <laughs> show that's on, on the history channel but it. um yeah I mean, it's cool it, it's so I, I the one thing i'll say though is that it is typical history channel television in that <laughs> Yeah. And they build up to nothing. <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> the, the the biggest, in, in my opinion, the biggest thing to come out of that show to date is the weird kind of magnetic anomaly stuff that they reveal. And like the, the last, you know, two minutes of the last episode of the season um, or even the UAP sighting that. But yeah, most yeah. everything else was pretty, even though it was really interesting, just was continuously interesting, like as opposed to finding out anything. You're like, oh, OK, we're an inch closer to finding out something now. But yeah. Miles to go. The, the one thing that I did think that was impressive, the amount of Skinwalker Ranch, was the, um, the lights coming out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I saw that, I thought to myself, well, I'll be damned. I wonder how much it costs to buy like an acre of land out there somewhere. It's actually pretty damn cheap. Like, yeah, I want to no, do it just I, so I, I was, can set up a camera. Mm-hmm. I, also, I also was looking at, you know, uh, what's it like to buy just, you know, an acre or, or even, you know, half an acre out there just so I can set up like a, one of those sky hubs. I don't know if you've seen those or oh, not, yeah. those, those sky hub systems, but, you know, just set one of those up out there. Point it at uh, it. Put, you know, just point it up and yeah. just let it film nonstop. I do that. Oh, I have a camera because I'm on the 37th. I'm on the 37th parallel, right? Oh, cool. And so, you know, I get weird stuff in the sky all the time. Even here, it, it's always shocking to me. But I, I bought a $99 uh, solar-powered camera, and I just let it run. Huh. I'll I'll have to hit you up about what that looks like because I'm mm-hmm. I'm currently building my uh, my technology empire. Uh, <laughs> so, like I I just recently picked up um, a Psionics Aurora Pro, okay. um, and I was out. That's like I don't know if you've seen those or not, but it's no. it's a it's a it's basically military grade night vision for general consumption and it's it's cheaper than any military grade night vision that you can buy okay. and, it, and it's color it's color oh so, i have seen that yeah they're cheap they're cheap they're like 600 bucks or something well that's the sport oh, okay and i i i did i i originally got a sport um and the so there's a difference there's the sport and the pro the sport is low light so you still need some like a moonlight or something like that in the sky in order to pick things up. The the, the pro is no light. So okay. we went out um, a few weeks back in uh, in Arizona, went out with uh, with a MUFON guy that's local out there and uh, did like a CE5 event and tried to get some stuff. I did one of those. And, and there was no moon in the sky. In fact, uh, where the moon would have been, it was like cloudy overcast. Okay. And it picks up everything. Yeah, um, so incredible. I mean, it's a phenomenal camera. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can set that up to record, you know, sure. in, in in record to the cloud or something. Yeah. Um, to see if I can use that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a phenomenal camera. So like I said, I picked one of those up, and um, it my only complaint, which I don't know that he could call it a complaint, is that it records in 720p. Um, but I mean, for night vision, color night vision, that's not bad. So, um, it's a little grainy at times only when you really zoom in or something, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great camera. Yeah. I use, so I have a, I have third generation goggles 
that I use that are military grade. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So I mean, so I mean, I looked at those right, and those are like you know at least twenty five hundred, and mm-hmm. then it goes up from there. Yeah. So so for for what this is, and the fact that you know it, you can, there are guys. It, it will accept a pitney rail um, oh, adapter, okay. you know, so you can like put it on, you know, a rifle or whatever sure. if you wanted to. Um, but it also has a, a mount on the bottom just for a standard tripod mount. So, you know, it's it's pretty versatile and, and it's not that expensive. And so, yeah, it was... Yeah, uh, mine, mine were uh, 2200 I got them from Hoffman Optics. Yeah. Yeah, they're NATO, NATO standard issue. So, but you, no, I looked so, at the Aurora. They're, they're pretty cool. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, I I couldn't swing. I couldn't convince my wife to let me swing twenty two hundred. But but I could. I'm no, single. I, I don't. Her on the other side. I'm single. I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'd like some night vision goggles today. Do I have enough? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So, well, I mean, it's but, uh, it's useful at times because there there's this one place that I've wanted to go for years, and it's. It's not secret space program or anything, but it's it's a CIA airfield out by Mercury, Nevada. And um, I've wanted to go out there for years. And it's like, you know, I now I, I'm like, oh, I think I'll just go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, something that I uh, read recently, or I think it might have been talked about a little bit in, um, there's a show on Discovery Plus, I want to say Brian Hansen, UFO witness. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Ben Hansen. Ben Hansen. I have Thank not. You. I'm going to watch it. Oh, it's yeah. excellent. It's, okay. really it's a fantastic, fantastic show. But one of the early on episodes, and so I'll try not to give anything away too much, but uh, they talk about this new um, location that is in Utah. I want to say Utah. That okay. sounds right. Um, that is, it's a government facility in the U it's, it's supposedly used to store, uh, biological and chemical weapons. Oh, by Dugway? Um, that's what it is. Okay. That's what it is. Sure. So the, what the show postulates is that that's the new Area 51. Oh, popular, that, popular Mechanics put out a thing about that about 10 years ago. Yeah, that they were moving all that stuff over to Dugway. And so, you know, because, you know, like, I'm thinking about it and I'm saying, well, as a as a deterrent, right, uh, to keep people from poking around, the thought of a biological or chemical weapon might be yeah. greater deterrent than just you know you might get shot. So <laughs> what, I, what, um, I, what I will say though is that I've got a spot up in the Sierras that I go to. It's about 250 miles uh, northwest of uh, Area 51, and there you know there's the rest of the Sierras between me and Area 51. But I watch stuff climb out of there, so it's mm-hmm. still very active. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, there, I, well, I think if if there is all the underground bunk, I mean, there's just so much going on there. It'd be too difficult to separate and make a new one as opposed to an well, additional. They, they, yeah. they also just opened an, apparently just opened an air corridor um, just south of here that goes straight out, and then you kind of bank left to go up to Area 51. So you know, I, <laughs> that's. Um, yeah, you know, you make a good point, Steph. And I mean, it may be that it's just simply um, an extension, mm-hmm. or there's certain other things that they're keeping at, at Dugway as opposed to everything in Area 51. Yeah, well, they've, they've got other things they've got to work with or do. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Area, or, Area 51 has the runway, right? And it, and it has right. the it has the secrecy of the, the mountain range around it. 
you know, Dugway, if you're going to do experiments on a biological organism, you would do that at somewhere more like Dugway. Yeah. Area 51 itself, S4, Area 51, whatever your deal is, it's too remote. Like, it's too hard to get there. Yeah. You know, so you can't, you can't just like truck stuff in easy. It's it's a real pain. It's you know, yeah. where Dugway's yeah. a lot easier. It's not too far from Ogden, I think. I just I just need someone to come up with a new club idea that merges Area Fifty One and Studio Fifty Four, <laughs> and you've got Area Fifty Four, and it's like <laughs> aliens and skimpy clothes <laughs> dancing, and well, Michael Jackson is just still Michael Jackson. Well, there there, there is a brothel north of. Uh, north of uh, Vegas that is a uh, kind of Area 51 themed alien themed brothel. <laughs> so I mean they're Are part of the way. I, I, I read somewhere that it has a dance floor so you know. Oh there we go. Somebody's already started working on it. <laughs> God I love people. I love people. They're like hey man we're in Nevada you know it's like alien stuff's real popular and we got these prostitutes Let's put them together. Oh yeah, and they, <laughs> I don't want to be too inappropriate, but they do have a, they do have an anal program. <laughs> so I, I snorted when I read that. I was like, <laughs> "What? That's funny." Uh, not oh, surprised. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, I nice. did want to bring up uh, a little bit. I, I saw here, you know, that you got a chance to work for a while with um, Ground Zero Radio and Clyde right. Lewis, who of course we love, mm-hmm. and uh, just that experience. So not asking about your experience i'm sure you got to ask that a million times <laughs> sure but what about some cool shit did you get to come across like because you know some cool shit came across your guys's way especially you getting to research and do that stuff sure you know what kind of cool stuff and then side question was there some stuff that was so cool you got told no you can't you can't be putting that out there that that happened to clyde uh actually there's something like having to do with dugway <laughs> oddly uh <laughs> Clyde, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Clyde, Clyde's originally from Utah, and every once in a while he'll tell this story. But basically, one day he got a he got a phone call or an email or phone call from a guy who was a prospector who was out on the edge of Dugway, and the guy was like, "I found a dead alien. I found a dead alien. I have photos. I have photos." <laughs> and, and Clyde's like, "Okay." And so he has the guy send him the photos, <laughs> and it looks like a crumpled up dead alien under a bush. And he's like, "Oh, this is this is gold," you know. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, he's like, okay, well, he goes on this show and he's like, I got these photos of a dead alien. I'm going to put them up. I'm going to put them up. You know, it's a radio show. And these two guys show up at, at the office at Kaber where he was at the time. And they said, uh, no, you're not. You really shouldn't do that. Bad things happen to people who do things like that. And he said, whatever, freedom of speech, fuck off, whatever. And, <laughs> as he would. As he would. <laughs> and uh, a couple of days later, he had a Geo Metro. And a couple of days later, he went out uh, to and got went got in the car to drive to work. And he turned the, turned the key and nothing happened, nothing happened. And then suddenly the front end of his car explodes. Oh, yeah, my caught, goodness. Caught the carport mm. on fire, the whole thing. So the arson dude comes out and says, basically tells him somebody rigged your car with a, with a, wow. like a popper kind of deal. And, um, said, you're lucky because whoever did this knew what they were doing. And if they, it, 
if they had used a, a full explosive, it would have blown the car up. And Clyde's obviously wow. shook up and he goes, he goes to work and these two guys show up again. And they said, yeah, something really bad happened, huh? And he's like, yeah, it did. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and they said, look, don't, don't mess with this. And he said, okay. And he said, but I'll tell you what, if it makes you feel better, we'll tell you what happened. And he said, all right. And, and so they proceeded to tell him that, that basically the dead alien was actually an army army uh, soldier that was wearing some sort of next generation like adaptive camouflage suit. Mm-hmm. The guy the guy had gotten separated from the unit and died of uh, exposure. And so they were trying to cover up this this uh, camouflage suit that he was wearing. Likely. <laughs> well, that's what they said. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, we had a great one once. Uh, you know, somebody called into him and, and uh, one of the first things I ever did with him and said that there was a UFO that was flying over uh, Livermore a little south of me and that it exploded and that the Tracy UFO it, and then it crashed in Tracy, California and then uh, there was a tire fire about the same time it started and this guy Silas Royster who owned the tire factory or the tire yard um you know, was illegally storing the tires and not being EPA compliant, whatever. Well, he went out in a bulldozer trying to put it out and they found him dead slumped over his bulldozer. Meanwhile, you know, Livermore, they sent out their super secret hazmat, you know, fire crew out there to put it out. And they were bringing in all these like uh, uh, military hazmat guys to try to secure it and to put the fire out and they were bringing they were bringing things in on the trucks on trucks uh, they were bringing bulldozers and then when they were coming out they were bringing out things covered in tarps and the, the hmm. theory there's actually a laser that exists at Livermore that they don't mess with it anymore but there's there is a laser at Livermore the theory was is that they fired the laser at this thing and blew it out of the sky because somebody saw a laser emanate out and then there was an explosion and then we got this because this was a long time ago we got this mysterious fax that kind of like laid out the whole thing and said that the two f-18s were sent out from um from alameda naval air station um and they were carrying what's called a kkv a kinetic kill vehicle it's an anti-satellite missile and you know on the surface of it it's like well they didn't really have a lot of f-18s or at uh, alameda it was mostly anti-submarine warfare you know, so there's a lot of P3s and things like that. The F-18s are further out in Lemoore. And it was like, well, they don't put anti-satellite missiles on Navy planes generally. But it turns out that there is a KKV, an anti-sat missile, that can be mounted on an F-18. And at the time, there were a number of F-18s at, at, uh, at um, Alameda. So it kind of mm-hmm. started to come together. And, you know, the, it talked about that it had set off uh, set off the defense network uh, when it came in and they tracked it uh, optically using some sort of an experimental uh, camera and then they targeted it using that that uh, experimental camera and then they blew it out of the sky hmm. but yeah no, there's a lot of I mean Greenfield was on there once he he, he opened a portal I got him to come on the show and he opened a portal <laughs> over the station and blew the transmitter offline. I mean, oh, I've seen, I've seen, uh, <laughs> I saw um, an article or something about that. Yeah. I recall that. Yeah, yeah. He, blew the, he, he, yeah, the the transmitter overloaded. Uh, the transmitter overloaded, and then the yeah, uh, yeah the thing transmitter went offline. I digress. 
I, I always expect crazy shit to happen when but, Greenfield's present, especially if you're uh, going to have the man open a portal. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Clyde's like, well, get him to do something. I'm like, okay, so I'm like, Alan, can you open a portal? He's like, yeah, I'll do some Anokian magic, and boom. I mean, that's some, like, Montauk <laughs> project shit thousand. right there, man, like opening up some portals, like, <laughs> and blowing some, some oh, yeah. equipment out. That's straight out oh, of yeah. Montauk, well, man. <laughs> you know, once once COVID, I was talking to him about it, so we obviously talk quite often and you know he's he's kind of like my mentor in that kind of thing and yeah, i was same. saying you know once once this uh COVID thing kind of gets past us you know i'm gonna i want to take him out to shasta and so we're gonna we're gonna go out to shasta and i said alan i just want to make the mountain talk so do whatever you got to do to like make the mountain talk so he's all okay i got this <laughs> like, all right <laughs> okay well, what? He cracks what? me up because I teach, I do improv comedy, you know, and our big thing is yes and. And I was like, if there's anyone that embodies yes and, it's Alan Greenfield. Like, I feel What's like he this? never says no. It's always like, oh, he yeah, does, but it's he does. Yeah, I can do that. If you come to him with something crazy enough, he'll 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 hear you out. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, that's what we we were talking about. Um, we 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 tried to we started last year trying to do some sort of an annual. Uh, you know, trip to, to, to supernatural type thing. And sure. it's like last year we went to Point Pleasant and uh, did some stuff in the TNT domes and, and all that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. uh, this year we're actually probably going to go to Somerset, Kentucky, because there's a lot of weird stuff there with. Oh, where to begin. Uh, <laughs> where to begin. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then, um, so we were talking about maybe the, the year after that, and I guess it'd be 2022, which would be, you know, two, 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 six. But anyways, um, Right. Just, you know, go down to go down to Atlanta and say, you know, hey, Alan, let's go out in the let's go out in the uh, in the woods and, and do some crazy ritual stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. You know like, what? Oh, you yeah. know what I want to do? Um, oh yeah, he's in. You know what I want to do? I actually want to go out to the Mojave and, and attempt to close that portal from uh, the Babylon working. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Because mm. huh. you know, well, you know Parsons um, never closed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I don't know if you have seen or heard anything about the the show. It's, it's on Amazon. I think it's on YouTube too. But it's it's called Hellier, and it's, I know all about it. It starts. Okay, so <laughs> I'll tell you. So you one of the story. Th- I'll tell you a story. I once told Alan. I said, Alan, you got to teach me everything. And he said, you you learn by balloon, because I do all the balloons <laughs> that they've seen. I've seen them myself. Yeah, I get balloons all the time. Oh yeah, wow. we do too. As soon as yeah. I, I mean, it's once you watch it's it, nuts. well, yep. it's because the show itself. I think the show itself is a working, is a working ritual. Yeah, yeah. we just had Tyler Strand on uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about that, like how he's hiking, he's climbing this mountain, mm-hmm. he's rock climbing somewhere he ain't supposed to be. He said he even got fined for it, but as he's like reaching to the top cliff, there's he a, just feels a stickle on the back of his neck. He looks up and there's a damn blue star, mylar blue, in a tree yeah. stuck there right up above his head, and he's like, yeah. these things, I can't stop. I, I was driving near a place called Alturas. There weren't people for almost 100 miles in any direction, and I'm driving along this highway, and it's just a pine forest and there was a blue star balloon uh and a sports balloon hanging in a tree so the question is do you pull <laughs> off do you pull off right there and inspect the area and see what it's trying to get your attention for <laughs> of course but there was yeah that's there. what tyler said too man and tyler said he's you know he he does that and he he's been finding like this correlation to like sasquatch tree structures 
um, kind of near similar areas. Even the original balloon that was found, he said that, you know, they didn't talk about it a lot, but there was a Sasquatch tree structure and some stories around that area. And he personally is digging into that theory of, of a connection. Well, it's the ultra terrestrial thing, but in, Mm -hmm. in my case, it's like a harbinger. Like one day, I was on a conference call and I'm just on a conference call. We've all, we've all done it mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there Yeah. and it, it wasn't really anything that I needed to be directly involved in. So I'm just listening, listening, listening. And I, my mind started to wander and I was thinking about the secret cipher, the UFO knots. And I thought, well, I wonder what, I wonder if there's another cipher. And so, you know, I'll, I'll leave the details out. Um, but I basically found another more impressive cipher and how to crack it and how to make it work. And I figured this all out while I'm on this conference call. <laughs> and so I get off the conference call and I'm like, okay, I got to go down the street to the quick stop and get a Coke. Right. So I'm like, I get in the car, I drive down the street, <clears throat> I go in the quick stop cause I'm a normal human being and I get, the, get a Coke and I walk out and I'm pulling out of the parking lot. And there's, there's a goddamn, happy graduation 2020 balloon like sitting in the street <laughs> and so of course i call greenfield and greenfield there's a happy graduation balloon and it's like well congratulations you graduated i'm like <laughs> you know, okay yes all right i guess i did it's like the That's cipher funny. the cipher you figure the cipher this this crazy insane cipher out you cracked it. He's like, you graduated, man. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I've, I've, uh, I've been, I ha- have spent many hours going down the cipher rabbit hole. I've <laughs> gone as far as creating my own cipher based on different numbers and things, trying to figure out if there's answers places. But yeah, mm-hmm. I have, uh, yeah, the, the numbers thing is a, is a huge draw for me. I've got really big, like deep into numerology and all that kind of stuff. So there's just something with numbers oh, sure. that, uh, really draws my attention. Well, but you, what I was going to, go when I brought up Hellier before, what I was going to say is uh, there, there's the spot where uh, he's, you know, talking that, that terrorist interview in, in, I can't remember if it's the first one or the second one, uh-huh. but they're talking about the, the cave base that's in, uh, that's in the Georgia area. Right. Uh, for where they shot or filmed, you know, the um, uh, deliverance. Right. And I'm like, Hey Alan, you know let's let's go out to that spot and and do some ritual stuff and see what oh, we yeah. can unlock. Yeah, it's I mean that's equivalent to me going, hey Alan, let's go to Shasta, and make the yeah, mountain, yeah, make the mountain open up. You know, no, he's, I'm he's like, hey cool. Alan, let's go to this Area 51 themed brothel, man. What do you, <laughs> <laughs> you guys can have your ritual. Me and Alan are going. <laughs> We're going to the brothel. We're going to the probe room. Well, apparently, <laughs> I I was so aw- awestruck by the fact that, that there's an Area 51 brothel. I read this article that was in like the Las Vegas Sun, and they were saying that apparently, um, the people even dress up as like Star Wars characters, like Princess Leia or whatever. I was just shocked. I was like, okay, whatever. And huh. um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep, I'm in. <laughs> I think you're going to Area 51 on your next trip. Uh, yeah. Uh, Josh, can this be one without the wives? <laughs> no, it's probably called the an- no. the Anal 51 brothel. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I was, I was just shocked. <laughs> no, but, so, but, yeah. but the truth, the tr- no, the truth is, is that, you know, there are these places that are very powerful. And, you know, um, 
it yeah i mean if you go out there and you you perform a ritual or you do energy work or you know whatever things things do happen so you know from yeah. his point of view i mean i think the one thing i've always known about alan is that he really wants to see the stuff in action i mean he published yeah the complete cipher of the ufo knots so that people would use it i think sometimes yeah. he's a bit disappointed that more people haven't attempted to use it well actually <laughs> which yeah. is surprising because so many are now like that's they are now really well crazy. it's a tell you yeah thing. yeah for sure well, and i even i even found uh, I don't know who did it, but somebody uh, made an app that's available on <laughs> the uh, iPhone. Both, both the yeah. both. Well, it's on Android too. Yeah, it's the the any the any query or whatever. It's uh, get me. Yeah. Oh, N A E query. Uh huh. Yeah. We have a secret. And, uh, but, we have a secret cipher one too on iPhone. But <laughs> okay. But yeah, the NAC cipher, the new Aeon uh, or new Aeon English Kabbalah. Yeah. Yep. The NAC cipher. Yeah. Cypher six. But yeah, I mean, I, so I've, I've been, uh, last time we talked to Alan, I, I said, you know, uh, it, it'd be really great if, if somebody could bump, you know, load all of the words from like an Oxford dictionary uh, and bump the cipher against that so that we could actually. You can. You can. Uh, if you go to the secretcipher.com, I did personally that. Um, there are, uh, you can do it against. Uh, the English dictionary you can do it against um, what's the what's the principle of discordia the bible I mean there are a bunch yeah. of options yeah. well I saw I saw weird. underneath the when you go to the advanced one the advanced dot secret cipher or whatever I did see that you can choose other books uh -huh. Um, but I didn't. I didn't see the one for like a like a dictionary or a thesaurus. So. I thought. I thought I put the thesaurus and the dictionary in there. I'll add it. It's fine. Okay. I can. <laughs> there you go, Josh. <laughs> Your you wish. <laughs> Your wish is his. <laughs> so yeah, because because there there are a lot of times when I'm like I. I just want to get, you know, a numerical value of a, of a phrase or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then go and try to figure out what other words or phrases use that numerical value to see if there's some sort of a relation. Because I've had all kinds of weird happenings with, like, yeah. Zoom meetings for work and stuff where, like, it doesn't recognize my button presses and it reads me back some random set of digits that aren't even what I typed in. And so I'm oh, like, is this a message? You, you know, so... I, yeah. I went to I went to a party once um, and I was I got a little drunk at the party and I go back to the hotel and I go to sleep and I, at three thirty three in the morning I got a phone call from uh, a guy named Dave Scott he's got a radio show up in Canada I called Spaced Out Radio and he calls me up and I, I ignore it the third time he called me up um, I answered and I'm like hello what do you want he's like why did you call me. And I'm like, I didn't call you. He's like, you called me three times. Why did you call me at three in the morning? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. And so we went down this whole rabbit hole. And all 93 is all over this thing. And it it, it oh, kind of yeah. it kind of ended up that that uh, I got Greenfield on the phone with me and, and Dave and this uh, woman that was his remote viewer. And basically, we had a chit chat with somebody from the Secret Chiefs of the Third Order. And uh, Alan was able to identify who this guy was, and wow. it was cr it was crazy, yeah. And then then uh, Dave um, he had a Vallis type experience where, you know, where uh, Philip K. Dick reported that he was bathed in the in the pink light, mm -hmm. and he felt like things were downloading into his head. 
Well, Dave yeah. was bathed in a purple light and he, he started seeing these crazy geometric shapes and he had a total valus experience. So, yeah. So I, we had, we had that in, well, I don't know if Stefan, if you had it, but we, I had that in Point Pleasant. Oh, okay. Um, we were, we were out on the, on this point where the two rivers kind of come together in Point Pleasant. We were doing some Estes stuff and we're oh. trying to, you know, talk to people and things and Stefan channeled. It was crazy, but um, <clears throat> I want to so, go with you guys. Sounds fun. Oh, you, we <laughs> yeah. are, our, our friend Santosh comes along too. He's a yoga guru. Okay. Like he's, he's insane. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, the crew, ne- man. Next time we, next time we throw a trip together, we'll have to hit you up. Yeah, but, hit me yeah. Up. You're single. So you can I go. Can go. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so we, so we're out there and we're doing this Estes stuff and we're in between, like we're getting set up for the next person to take their turn doing an Estes. Right. And this, this, uh, this like kind of fireball streaks across the sky going like West to East. Okay. And then like, um, and then maybe, 90 seconds later this pulsating light comes from the same direction but coming uh east to west interesting and it's like kind of like uh pulsating like we actually saw one out by my house that was doing the same thing but almost like a like a lighthouse in the sky if you will because like oh, it, it would come around it would get it would get really bright and then would go dim and then we get really bright and then we go dim oh, i've seen so stuff like i've seen stuff like that before so we we kind of uh we never we always make sure but we like kind of hit around it with a green laser pointer uh-huh. and it starts it starts avoiding moving to avoid the green laser like, pointer. like it was uh, to me it felt like it was with playing with it like Jeez. a cat oh. <laughs> oh dude man almost dude, every time you know what we go out, you know should happen you usually when i go out to weird places to see weird stuff which i, I do a lot i do a lot of like weird road tripping mm-hmm when I go, I usually go by myself. So like I'm sitting there, I'm all, damn, watch that thin climb at Area 51. And it's just me, you know? <laughs> me and my fishing goggles and my like yeah. super powerful radio scanner on the top of my mountains. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the beauty part of this show is we've met so many good people like around the country. So it's like now if we go out somewhere, we usually know someone within about 100 miles sure. that we can be like, come on, come on out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you want to go to Shasta, let me know. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah! Well, I want to go to the Mojave with you, and <laughs> I want to. No, I really want to do it. I mean, I live in Phoenix, so I'm not far. So <laughs> I, I really, I really want to. The only thing that I'm worried about is that you know I'm always, I always question the amount of power ability that I have. So you mm-hmm. know, to do something like that, I'm always thinking to myself, well, can I do it? You know, can I pull it off? That's really the only thing that's holding me back from going out there. Yeah, you need somebody cocky like me who's like, "Yeah, man, let's do this shit." <laughs> well, why not? And, and also, and also, I think I think it adds to uh, so number one, it adds to the energy of the space more than one person with you, of course. And, and number two, whatever you see, um, there's that shared experience potentially that gives more credibility to whatever is seen, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, because we the the we saw. A crazy UFO in my backyard, man! And right at the start it, of our journey, too, man. Yeah, it, and if and if it would have just been me, right? I, I probably would have questioned what I saw, but because <laughs> Stefan right. was there and we both saw it at the same time, and we and we both uh, communicated our own experience and our own experience matched up, it, it you know made made it more credible for for me. So. No, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think I think we should get a bunch of people and go out there to the Mojave and try yeah. to do it. 
That, yeah. you know, and that, and that's the thing that I do like about the um, Stephen Greer CE5 stuff is that it's always a big giant group of people, yeah. you know, experiencing things, um, you know, because I mean, good oh. God, can we stop saying, uh, you know, group hysteria every single damn oh, time? I, I it's did like, it. No. I did a CE5 on the side of Shasta and it worked. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we that's had a, awesome. we had some sort of a, some sort of a ball of light that flew you know, flew over our heads and changed course right over our heads. Yeah, see, with us, he came out literally the one weekend that it was cold and rainy and cloudy <laughs> and snowy that never happens here. Oh. Like, that's the weekend he comes out, and I was like, well, let's still go anyways, and so... <laughs> well, I mean, but we had something. I mean, we, we did the we CE5. Did something, just not as cool as what you just Not said, as cool as but... what you just <laughs> But we got it. We got what we got on, on our, on that Aurora, so... I'm working on finishing that up so I can throw it up on YouTube. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was like a, it's like a, a, a distant ball of light mm -hmm. that was almost on the horizon from where we were, you know, kind sure. of zero, uh, you know, zero or five degrees off the horizon. Okay. And, and it was like undulating. Yeah. So, this thing was pulsing, flew right over our heads. Couldn't have yeah. been more yeah, than a couple thousand Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause we checked Google maps and, and Shane, our, our friend from MUFON there, this, he, this was like, few blocks from his house so he's like there's nothing in that direction but desert and we checked it it's like the closest anything was like two miles like oh i checked satellites i checked yeah uh, flight radar and this was low on nothing. the horizon so mm -hmm. you know and we're seeing you know two ir lights that stayed there the whole night so we knew those were there and just different stuff and it was it was pretty crazy and i kept and i say this every time i talk about it it looked like it was moving towards us yeah. without growing in size. Yeah, that you know, makes sense. You know, the other thing, there's a bunch of BLM land out there by uh, Skinwalker Ranch. I want to go out there mm -hmm. and sit on the BLM land because, you know, anybody yeah. can go there. <laughs> yeah, our buddy uh, Keith Age, he's uh, this uh, used to be on sci fi and stuff. He's old. They call him the rock and roll ghost hunter. But he we we had him on talking about Skinwalker and He's got some interesting stories just sitting on that land out there as yeah. well. <laughs> I mean, I, so. yeah, I mean, for me, there's not a better weekend than to go out there to Utah and just sit there with my night vision goggles all night watching for stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. for uh, sure. That's man. That's that's a great night. <laughs> Sign me. me up. I but love that's, that up. Shit, but that's also why I'm still single. That's <laughs> 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 uh, funny. We actually got when he came out here when we went to Sedona. We actually got my wife out there with us, and uh, it was so cold. It was snowing that's up cool. there, but it cleared up, and so we sat out in a jeep way out in the mountains and just mm -hmm. opened the top. But she actually had a good time, and I was like, "This is." Yeah. This is this is a uh, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> you know, I tell I tell people they they always ask me because I chase this stuff. They they always ask me, you know, what's it like? And I'm like, it's very hard to explain. Like, you know what it's what it's like to watch 14 lights over your head like dogfight and make like geometric yeah. shapes. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's hard to like articulate the the experience of that. There's this sh there's this movie that Amazon made called Vast Vast of Night. And I always tell people, oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, just just watch that. That's what it's like. The chaos. Yeah. And the, that that's it right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, was, I wouldn't. I didn't know what to expect with that movie. You know, going into it just knowing it's fiction, but that, it's like that was interesting. That it was, was it weekends. Was, that's like weekends for me, minus like the whole abduction thing. <laughs> that's weekends for me. <laughs> nice. Have you uh, have you have you watched the? There's a documentary on uh, in, in on Amazon called Lights in the Sky. Oh, here he goes. I know, I know. I know. Who loves is this that, documentary? Is, 
So it's it's it about, is good it, though. It it, is it's good. from a woman named uh, Krista Alexander, um, and I think on Amazon it's got like maybe two and a half out of five stars. But it's it's in my opinion it's severely underrated. Okay. Um, but but basically she takes all this uh, like video footage that people send her of these light phenomena in the sky, and she runs it through. Um, uh, video editing software and like plays with the lighting and all of that kind of stuff and really shows really interesting things like light light inside of light um, like like oh, pink sure. light inside of light and and uh, there's like parts where uh, they're just kind of like popping in and out and when they uh-huh. pop in and out they're making these weird kind of pixelated shapes like uh, one is a pixelated butterfly. One's a pixelated spider. One's you know, so it's like these light balls are popping in and out, and when they're doing so, they're passing these images that are being picked up by this video software. It's just, it's a really cool doc. I, I highly recommend you watch it. Oh yeah, I'll t- I'll definitely check it out. That reminds me, there's another doc um, that's uh, about this woman that has been videoing UFOs for years. They're like she started doing it with. Where that you can do that, you can get them like every night. <laughs> yeah, she she's been filming on film like since like forever and ever and ever, and it's oh, insane. Wow. And she she's learned how to call them, and they come and like there's a whole documentary. I'll have to look and see. Damn, what that, one's but that one's interesting too. It's just this one lady. She's an old like Asian lady now. I don't even. She actually might have died now. I'm not sure, but <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Well, it's, it's like it uh, Angel. It's like when Andrea Perrin was on, she was talking about she goes out and sings, yeah, uh, sings uh, show tunes, and they and they show up. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I guess it, it probably doesn't matter what you're what you're. Oh, here it is, capturing the, the light. That's the name of this uh, documentary. It's called Capturing the Light. Okay. It's about Dorothy Azat, you know, and uh, yeah. You know the thing. The thing that I think it comes back to. You know, is is Greenfield's ultra-terrestrial hypothesis? Mm-hmm. and ghosts, Bigfoot—they're all tied together. Yeah, and yeah, it, that's you know, in magic, too. it's about intent. It's about an intent and will. And I think that if you go to these places with the intent and will, you know, you can get this stuff to manifest. Because I mean, I've done yeah. it, right? And I think that is, you know, to make a magical working work, it's not like you have to go out there with a with six different swords and a three different cloaks and a cauldron it's more about intent and will and if your yep. intent is focused enough and you have enough will you can do it i mean anybody can well it's like uh so our good friend santosh you know he would say that it's all that other stuff is just props whatever you <laughs> need to make to make that more uh you know in, make that more intense for you the participant right. so um you know if you if you need cloaks and swords in order to feel like you're doing something and that heightens your intent right then then do that but at the end of the day you're right it's just the intent and will to go out there and do something but that's you know that that's more of like the chaos magic argument you don't you don't need a altar and you don't need a wand and a cauldron or anything else that you know you manifest these things whether they're ufos or bigfoot or whatever you know you man manifest them through will and intent so for me personally, you know, that that's what I focused on. And, you know, I've become quite proficient at it, but it's it's about will and intent. 
Yep. And just like we were talking about earlier, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got 16 people with you, you know, like, mm-hmm. and everyone's saying that no one will ever, everyone will always be skeptical unless they see it themselves. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the way it's just going to be. It doesn't that's matter what videos we put out nope. there. It doesn't matter what pictures you show or stories. People are always going to be like, well, I mean, well, are you I mean, sure you could, that all you could 47 walk, of you people saw that? No, you could walk Marvin the Martian <laughs> down the street and they wouldn't buy into these Martian. That's, yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's the way it is. That's true. That's one that, you know, all of your all of your experiences are really for you, right? Uh, anybody well, the, else that that watches them, that, that helps them, that's fine. But right. anything that you share, all of your experiences is, is for you and, and your what you need to see in order to further your individual journey. And then yeah. for those of us that are, you know, write books or do podcasts or whatever the right. case would be. We're out there to share our experiences to help other people know that they're not alone. Yes. But, you know, we're not, I'm not out to convert anybody. No. And, and, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, but, you know, when I go on a show, right, which I, I've done a few of, when I go on a show, my intention is to share my experiences so that it will prompt other people, even if it's just one person, to send me an email and say, hey, I saw this thing. What do you think? Or to get in the car mm-hmm. on a Saturday yeah. night and instead of going to, going to area 54 you know they they go up to the top of a mountain and say i want to see goddamn ufo i mean that's all i want out of well and we get that too you know we get stories from people all the time usually at the end of every single show we get (laughs) but it's funny people have been listening to the show for two years will still preface a lot of these things with please don't think i'm crazy oh i do it myself when i when i describe it i'm like please don't think i'm crazy but (laughs) it's so funny that we do that apparently i I manifested i manifested a white coyote walking through the park near my house apparently i manifested it but you see i'm saying don't think I'm crazy. Apparently. Right. You know, it's, yeah, apparently. Right. I told Greenfield that and he's like, dude, you manifested it. Slap yourself. Yeah. In the head. You know, you exactly. made it happen. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Exactly. Okay. And we point that out all the time. We're like, people, we are here to believe you. Like that's yes. the point. And if not, we're going to look into it and try to find some, you know, reasoning for ourselves. Cause I definitely don't think you didn't see that. Or you're like, going to try to duplicate it. <laughs> you know, you want yeah. to try to duplicate yeah. it so that you can see it too. I mean, I've seen yep. UFOs, I've seen Bigfoot, I've seen ghosts, I've seen magic, ha- magical things happen. Yep. You know, I've done magic. It's like, I've seen all these things, but it never gets old. Like, every time no. you see no, it, it, it's like the clock time. starts over. Every well, time. And, 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 and in fact, every time I see it or experience it, I want more. It's like almost... Right almost addictive if you will it is so. addictive it's it's like an adrenaline junkie but it's like a 14 yeah. junkie yes yeah. <laughs> yes give me my arm shot of 40 well, goodness and it, it's like i tell people i'm like you know when you're a 14 that it's it's not like a hobby you know it's not like i'm going to the garage and working on my classic car when you're a 14 <laughs> it's you know it it's it's uh it's everything of who you are yeah, yeah, it's nonstop, all day, every day. I see right. synchronicities in everything oh, at yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, and then being in a paranormal, I, I can right. feel spirits where I'm at. I mean, it's nonstop. It's yeah, nonstop. 100%. I'm sitting in my backyard on a conference call, and there's this there's this cloud over my head. And I'm like, well, I'll be damned. That looks like a phoenix. And then like a normal mm-hmm. cloud, which dissipates, this thing didn't dissipate. The wings kept expanding. And I'm like, wow. okay, well, I guess somebody's going to be re 
you know? And then a couple or, of days later, I had a friend who went. Or you're going to go be on a show with a host from Phoenix. Like, <laughs> there you go. Well, I had, a, I had a friend who had a traumatic experience that caused a kind of inner, inner rebirth. You know, so I didn't know who it was tied to, whether it was me or whether yeah. it was a friend. Well, in this case, my friend had a, had a, a reawakening because of oh. a traumatic experience in their life. Wow. So, you know, it, a lot of these things, these synchronicities, you know, they're harbingers. And I, I always tell people that, you know, the signs are there. You just have to be brave enough to look. Yep. Amen. Well, and that's uh, like I, I, I was talking to my wife the other day um, about signs like that. And, you know, she she is very much the skeptic. Sure. Um, and, and, and she looks at. So for her. For it to be a sign, uh-huh. she has to be watching TV. The TV has to glitch, <laughs> has to glitch, right? right. Has to like freeze in motion, and then other text that shouldn't be there has to come onto the screen to tell her some information. But that's, and it has to that's say a, her name, right? It's got to oh, say it has Kristen. to like Kristen. You must, and then whatever has to follow. Like to <laughs> her, that's a sign. But the thing I'm trying to tell her, and she's starting to come around, is that signs are probably more subtle than that. It's a you know, did you get a magazine that on the cover of all things that's, that could be on the cover? Right. Was it was it something that's significant to you or something in your life? And, and that you go to you you go to a hotel and you stay in room three three hundred thirty three. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and so that reminds me of of the where the place we stayed in Sedona. Uh, it was a four-digit number, but if you added them all up and then reduced it to its lowest value, it was three. Exactly. Like, yep. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, and and they don't make it easy, and they don't make it easy on purpose. You yeah. Know? But yeah, I mean, well, it's and they all may there. not speak it's in just, our language. They have to speak in a well, different don't. way. When I've yeah, done the you know. when I've done the Gansfeld, when I first started doing the Gansfeld, now I can do it without the mask or the yeah. white noise. But when I started doing the Gansfeld, <clears throat> the messages that I got back, obviously I'm approaching a little differently than they did on Sahelier. But right. the messages I got back were arcane and I really couldn't make heads or tails of it. And and then Greenfield pointed out to me, he's like, Well, they don't really understand language as you understand it so what you have mm-hmm. to do is that when you put out that intention of what you want out of it whether it is you want guidance or you want confirmation or whatever you're looking for you have to say in terms i can understand so when you ask the universe or the secret chiefs of the third order or whoever you say hey give me a sign you have to say hey give me a sign in terms i understand because then they translate yeah. it it makes it a hell of a lot easier <laughs> yeah, I like. That. You know, I, I never thought about. I never even thought about adding the context in terms I can understand. Right. I because just assumed like, they would understand. No. You know, one, has, you know. No, because actually, one of the things about dealing with the secret chiefs of the third order is that they're they're beyond. You know, they're, they're enlightened beings, enlightened masters, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've interfaced with them directly, but normally when you interface with them directly it's such an like insane experience that most people can't handle it so they have go-betweens that would be a potentially for argument's sake that could be a terry risk right right right. the agent provocateur which is the go-between 
And, you know, in the case of what happened to Dave Scott up in Canada, you know, he had a go-between. There was a go-between yeah. between the secret chiefs of the order and him. Yeah. You know. And you're right. And you're right. It is. It should be okay to say. I mean, it says the same thing. If, if Josh, you're telling me something I don't understand, I'll say, all right, in layman's terms. Exactly. Right? And, then, yeah. and you could right, say. So why can we not do that to them? Yeah. And you could say, because what's going to happen is the message is still the same, but it gets filtrated through another layer below the secret right. chiefs that, that converted. I asked once, am I going to be okay? And I saw these headlines, newspapers, TV shows, you know, appearing in front of me. And everything was like, we beat it, you know, everything's okay. But it's like, okay, I get it. But I said in terms that I can understand. So I saw, you know, newspaper headlines and, and video loops and, you know, but they all said things that I could interpolate. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's a really great. It yeah. works. The, and you know, I've, I've taken people through the Gansfeld a number of times. I, I think the largest group I ever do was 12 people simultaneously. Man, it's definitely something I want to try. I've not <laughs> yeah, yet been able to, sure. so I'm down for when we all get together at Shasta. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, led, I led somebody through on at Shasta. Uh, she was having an existential crisis, and, and mm. something bad had happened in her personal life, and, and she didn't know what to do. And so I had her go through one of the mazes. No, when she was done, yeah. I, she said, okay, there's a message for me, but I don't know what it is. I'm all, Gansfield time, so... You know, she laid down on, I had her, I had her lay down on the top of a fucking picnic bench, like a picnic table, you know, and, and we did it yeah. and the mountain spoke to her and made it unequivocal what the answer was. And, you know, it changed everything. It changed her entire life. So. But, but, you know, something you said earlier, you have to be, you have to be open to hearing the message. You do. Right. You can't ask the question and then have a pre-formulated thought of what the answer should be. Right. And and the other thing is, is that there's a price you pay. And that, you know, what Greenfield yep. and I always joke about is that once you get on the train, you don't get off. Mm. At, oh, he just oh. got off. That was crazy. Oh, my God. That was uh, I'm not going to edit this out, people, uh, because literally... This man just said that, and literally his Zoom cut out. Dropped the just totally dropped out of the meeting. Totally dropped out of the meeting as he said, "Once you get on that train, you can't get off." Boom. Not gonna lie, I'm a little freaked out at the moment. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> oh my god. My goodness. All right, yeah. So, um, so I, yeah, I, go, I guess we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it looks like his battery died, um, or uh, we just lost some connection there. We've been chit chatting a little bit, you know, or the, the MIB, the, uh, yeah, or the universe drained his battery. Who knows? The universe. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, we were riding high. I think we drained the battery, all three of yeah. us. Um, yeah. But no, thank you, Olaf. I know you're uh, listening to this now, but thank you so much for joining us, man. What an absolutely amazing conversation. We could have probably talked for hours, dude. I mean, I am I am blown away at some of the thoughts and concepts that that you know that he dropped uh for us that I had just never 
even thought about or considered. Yeah. So like, and again, just the just, knowledge. And yeah. I, I, we need to get him on astral stew and get him and Santosh's brain going back and forth with yeah. ours. Like I can, yeah, that's gotta happen. So all of, if you're listening, we want you on our YouTube show too sometime, <laughs> so, but you are always welcome back, sir. Um, just to wrap up for those of you listening, if you want to get some more information on Olaf Phillips, you can get any of those books that he's written or edited and worked with. They're all on Amazon, goodreads.com, just O-L-A-V, uh, Phillips there. Look him up there. You'll see everything that he's a part of and does. I mean, just Google search yeah. this mofo. I mean, I I just want, I mean, I, I want every single, I mean, some of these I already have, but I want every yeah. single one of these books in my library. Right. I've so. been going through it too. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> especially the occult magic side of me. I'm like, yeah. oh, there's some good ones in here. Um, it looked like there was even another Greenfield book that we didn't even bring up. Like that yeah. looks like it's out as well. So, but yeah, check out Olaf Phillips, wherever you look for Olaf, whether it's on the deep web or askjeeves.com, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Ask Jeeves. Dogpile.com. I don't know. Whatever. If it's 1997 or whatever. Um, But no, again, thank you, Olaf, so much. Um, And we're actually going to go ahead and wrap up. Um, I don't have a listener story for this week, um, just so we could have some extra time to talk to Olaf. And I guess, you know, hey, it it worked out. Worked out. So, (laughs) but please send your listener stories. We do love them. Um, And uh, I want want more. Um, you can send those to uh, fearscapepodcast at gmail.com or at fearscapepod. Find us on social media. Send those to us wherever. You guys know where to send this stuff or hit us up on a damn message board. I don't care. I want your message. I want your listener stories. Yeah. Um, but other than that, man, I, I, I believe it's time to rock and roll and get out of here, bro. Yeah, I, I think it is. And uh, now that I am on uh, like a super uh, energy high from this conversation, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to go to sleep. So we'll see. How yeah, good luck goes. with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, make sure you guys check out. This is the last day um, for our fundraiser. Uh, that we're talking about, but yeah. you know, it happens Anytime. all year round. Anytime, you but know. yeah, fearscape uh, media.com slash support. You guys can go right there and make a donation of your choice, right? Straight to the PayPal there. And uh, you know, check all that stuff out, you know, all the good stuff and uh, help us with all the other podcasts and then keep us getting people like Olaf, man, to get right. out there and talk about all the stuff that truly matters. <laughs> yep. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. This has been Stefan. Keep your eyes on the skies. This has been Josh. The truth is now. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown. Please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. Fearscapepodcast.com forward slash support. <laughs>